Hello, my friends. I am James Ippolitti, the infamous Dr. J, Demon Hunter. This is episode 20 of The Real Demons of Pop Culture. Yes, we made it to 20. That's pretty cool. Now, this is a podcast that explores the origins of the demons that show up in our TV, movies, books, comic books, uh, video games, all kinds of pop culture references. And recently, a demon showed up in a designer brand advertisement. That's right. They were accused of some pretty horrific satanic doings and worshiping an ancient demon. This, my friends, is the story of Ball. Coming to get you, Barbara. I'll swallow your soul! So, I just want to throw out a quick thank you to everyone who's been listening, showing up on social media, saying hello, commenting. It really means the world to me. Um, can't tell you how much uh, I enjoy seeing a community being built. On Facebook, we have the School of Dark Arts, a lot of people joining there, and it's a free way to get involved with the community. You could just go into the show notes and find everything. Check out the newsletter. There'll be a newsletter coming up this week. Now, I wanted to thank a couple people who gave me some shout-outs. They reviewed The Real Demons of Pop Culture on Apple Podcast. And so the first one, titled horror show gave me five stars the name of the person is tudala and here's what tudala has to say the real demons of pop culture is the old maloko my droogs dr j does deep research into the demons who appear and reappear in tv and movies and gives us an entertaining lesson on all aspects of his demon of the week Shout out to Zaggy. I look forward to seeing the Z-Man guest starring in future episodes. So Zaggy is Zagan, the president of hell, who has appeared. Um, actually, he may appear right now. Yes. Yes, this is Zaggy, and I have not been on the show for quite some time. I'm severely disappointed in you, Dr. Chen. Now, I want to thank Tudala for bringing up my name. And maybe I'll come back. I know you're doing a show on Ball. And guess what? Ball and I go way back. Yeah, he owes me $5. So if you see him, tell him Zaggy is looking for him. Okay, okay, Zaggy. Thanks for jumping in. I'm sure some of our long-term listeners are very happy to hear from you. So that was a nice little five-star review. Let's hear another one. Another five-star review. Nailed it by... Nayu1578. Just found your show and binging all available. I love it so far. Wish it was a touch longer, but I might be in the minority there. Make all the characters you want, my dude. Stay weird. Your following will find you. Also, without spoilers, I just hit the first secret number. Lucky for me. A lucky day for me. Which is so cool. I love that. I wish more people would tell me whether or not they get the lucky number. Um... And that's awesome. I'm definitely going to stay weird. 
and I'm going to jump into a little bit of other business. So you know we're bringing out a coloring book, the Real Demons of Pop Culture coloring book that is currently being worked on. I will share some new pictures this week in the newsletter. So jump into the show notes and join the newsletter so we can have that fun together. I'm thinking of trading cards. So if you want, you know, find me on social media and let me know if you would rather have like playing cards that have demons on them, you know, like a 52 deck playing card, would that be better? Or would you rather have them like Pokemon cards or Magic the Gathering cards where you have a picture of the demon, but there's also information about the demon? Uh, I would love to know. I'm thinking about these. I think it would be really fun to do some little trading cards and maybe have them as giveaways on the Patreon. I just finished a fancy dinner in New York City with the mayor and the chief of police. There have been many missing children recently, and they believe it's a satanic cult that is behind it all. So they called me in to solve the mystery. As I was leaving and heading out to my car, I saw a homeless man, and I'm reaching into my pocket to give him some money, and then he spoke to me. James, is that you? I recognized him. It was Frankie Skanks. He went to high school with me. I haven't seen him in ages. Turns out, he's on the streets. Frankie, what's going on? What happened to you? Ah, you know, life just not been fair to me, but I hear about you. You're a big time demon hunter now, aren't you? I am Frankie, and I'm on a big case. Here's a dollar. I have work to do. I had someone also in the um, the group on Facebook say, I wish they were every week. And I would love to do a show every week, but I really would need more listeners um, to get, being able to invest more, you know, time and quality and in, in, in stuff I need to be able to move forward. Because uh, doing this every two weeks is a lot, but I also have a life outside of here. And if I get a lot more followers and this show grows, then absolutely I'll put out more episodes. But hey, if you know someone who would enjoy this, let them know, share the show. So let's get back to the magic number. And the way this works, I'm going to think of a number between one and 50. I'm going to count down to three, two, one, and then I'm going to pause for a moment. Think of that number. You're going to write it down at the end of the episode. I will reveal that magic number. And if you get it right, you will have an extra special magical day. No cap, as the kids say. So if you get it wrong, you'll still have a magical day. It just won't be extra special magical. That's just how this works. So let's get started. I'm going to count down. Three, two, one. Okay, I hope you wrote that down, and maybe we connect it mentally. That would be pretty cool. And that, my friends, is the Real Demons of Pop Culture magic number. All right, so let's get into this. This may be a little bit longer episode. I know that was uh, someone mentioned that, but I think this might be a little longer. A friend of mine, his name is Saad. Uh, let me back up. I love the fact that because I've been doing this podcast and putting stuff on Instagram and TikTok, that people now send me things when it relates to demons or demonology. And so I had people sending me recently, I had a friend, Rebecca, send me something on Facebook of these human flesh pants that apparently were used by wizards. 
Uh, and I'm going to probably do a TikTok about that and an Instagram about that. Um, but I love getting this stuff. Any kind of news article that's related to demons or devils or stuff like that, I always get. So Saad is a friend of mine, and he says, hey, did you hear about Balenciaga? I'm like, I don't even know what that is. That's how like unhip up to the fashion world I am. And he's like, well, yeah, they got in trouble because there's these claims circling around on social media that the luxury fashion brand Balenciaga is doing all kinds of stuff to show their love of the devil. So here's what it is. They did a Christmas ad campaign, and in the campaign, they had children, and in and, and it wasn't even for children. It's not like Baby Gap. They were having these children hold these teddy bear, I guess, backpacks or teddy bear, um, plush teddy bears that were in BDSM gear. So like they had these choker collars, they were wearing like chains and, and padlocks. So it was clear that these teddy bears were into, uh, you know, BDSM. The backlash was huge because you got these kids, images of kids holding handbags that look like sexual bondage gear on teddy bears. And then other people started going and researching either even further, finding photos of paperwork that was from court cases about child pornography. Wow. How stupid. So here's my take on it. We're going to get into some of this stuff. But Saad's like, oh, man, yeah, they're really into this devil worship of the god Baal. And I'm like, okay, why Why is that? Why would them holding the bondage stuff? And well, he's like, well, there's a whole bunch of clues in the photos. Now, I will be the first to say that when you're at this level of fashion industry uh, photography and ad design, every single thing in that photo is a conscious choice. And these are very expensive photographers and designers that you, you know, are hiring. So they know what they're doing. But I also believe that most of these people are like the characters in Zoolander, like the Will Farrell character and Zoolander himself and Hansel. You know, I think that one, they are in an entirely different universe than you and I. They live in this bizarre world, uh, working for these extremely fancy companies. And so to them, they want to be shocking. They want to put stuff out there that's going to make you go, oh my God, you know? And so they're doing this intentionally. And if you think about it, it's been, I think this probably happened in November of 2022. And if now that everything has kind of calmed down, there's really no damage to Balenciaga because the people who are probably offended can't afford it anyway. And then the people who can afford it, eh, they're just being fancy, weird, you know, Zoolander people. So that's as far as I think it goes. You have these very Zoolander-ish type designers and fashion people who put this out stupidly and thought they were going to shock. And they did shock people. But, uh, you know, we'll get to the apologies in a sec second, but... It really didn't hurt Balenciaga. Let's put it that way. Even like Kim Kardashian was like, oh, I have to rethink my relationship with them. Because I'm sure she's still going to be dealing with Balenciaga. So le let's talk about some of the things. It's it's bad enough, right, that they did this with the um, the children holding this. And the thing is, had they just done 
you know, sadomasochist teddy bears. Who cares? You know, if teddy bears are into BDSM, that's their business. No one cares what teddy bears are doing. But why throw children in there? You knew that was going to be a bad, it's just a bad idea. And then to put all these things on about child pornography laws and all this, like what are you trying to say in this ad? So then Sod's like, oh yeah, there's a piece of tape, that you know, the um, police tape that they put at crime scenes. And there was actually Kim Kardashian had taped herself all in these this yellow police tape that said Balenciaga. So that's the tape we're talking about. But in the one photo, it said Balenciaga, but it was spelled B-A-A-L and Siaga. You know, Saad looks this up online. He's showing me, look, here it is. Here's the tape that says ball. And I'm like, okay, so they're doing that. Fine. Um, and then... He then goes to Google Translate and types in Balenciaga, but he spells it B-A-A-L, and then a new word, N-C-E-N-C-I, a new word, Aga, A-G-A. He translates it from Latin to English, and it says, ball is king, or ball is the king, uh, and, which is funny because it did work, and... For some reason, Google translated that from Latin to English, even though those words are not Latin. And if you know Latin, you would know from, think about Tyrannosaurus Rex. We know Rex is king. So if it really was ball is king, it would say ball Rex est. That's Latin for ball is king. So it's some weird glitch in the Google uh, Translate. Now, either... Balenciaga had this set up and they hacked into Google Translate and made it work for a few days and then maybe Google's involved with it or it was just a really weird coincidence. However, that is not Ball and Siaga. It does not translate to Ball is King. Not to mention that Balenciaga is the name of the founder. That's why it's called that. It has nothing to do with the god, the demon Ball or the god Ball, which we're going to talk about that. There's a lot of other things that were in the picture. So there's this uh, hooded, black hooded robe that's sort of on the floor. And, you know, they'll say, well, that black hood is the type of black hood that a satanic cult would wear. Okay. It's also a black hoodie. You know, like it could just be a black hoodie. But then you got to say, well, James, didn't you just say everything is intentional in the photo? And yeah, it is. There's also a drawing of a devil in the back, like a child's drawing of a devil. I don't doubt for a second that Balenciaga put this ad together to make it look like some kind of weird satanic thing to put some shock value into the world. And it got them a lot of free attention and it didn't really hurt them at all. So are they really part of a satanic cult that is sacrificing children or having some kind of child sex ring or something? I don't know why you would go out in public and, and make it so clear that you would be doing something like that. And another thing is, Saad says to me, well, you know that the worshipers of the cult of Baal back in the ancient times would sacrifice children. Okay, we're going to get to that too. Most of the night I spent researching a designer fashion company who goes by the name Balenciaga. I really couldn't pronounce it. It sounded French to me. They've been putting out ads with children and tape 
with the name Ball on it. Not only that, apparently someone said Balenciaga means Ball is king. I find that hard to believe. However, Ball does mean Lord. So I finished my scotch, stepped outside, and started seeking the evil that was in this city. So I went to Saad and I talked to him and he's like, so what's your take? And I, everything I just told you, I told him. And he's like, well, look up the guy who's the designer. So the designer, I think his name is Demna. He's a 41-year-old designer. He says, I take my responsibility. It was inappropriate to have kids promote objects that had nothing to do with them. As much as I would sometimes like to provoke a thought through my work, I would never have an intention to do that with such an awful subject as child abuse that I condemn, period. His post continues adding that he needs to learn from this. This is the new like go-to uh, response when you do something and you're about to be canceled. But he needs to learn from this and will engage with child protection organizations. So anytime you offend a group, you should learn from it and then talk to those groups that are out there that are mad at you. And yes, yeah, sure, you should do that, but you should be smart enough to not even got into this position in the first place. And there is no doubt that he knew what he was doing, and he's just trying to get out of trouble. So at this point, it's kind of old news, but I wanted to bring it up because we're going to talk about Ball this week. There is one little part that kind of worries me. It's that art should take chances, and art should provoke or make you think or challenge things. Not in this case, this is an advertisement for a company. They should know better. And he wants to call it art. Fine, it is. But at the same time, it's a business. But what about somebody who is an artist who is doing shows in museums and they put together something that the average Joe might be shocked, but there is a reason behind that. So that kind of concerns me because I am not against um, shocking art. There's the photographer Robert Mablethorpe who was good friends with Patti Smith, and his stuff was very controversial when it came out, and people found it offensive, and now it's like kind of looked at as, you know, great art. So that's one thing. It's kind of like how comedians, they have to be careful what they say as a joke, but sometimes comedians are making a joke to point a finger at society. That's just my artistic kind of vibe that it's it's sort of concerning if we get to the point where somebody can't create art that is shocking for a reason and I'm not talking about this ad but I'm saying at what point do we say this is shocking but it's art and it's appropriate and and then also say well and again not this is interesting because children yeah don't stop putting children in stuff so there's a Jamie Lee Curtis, who, if you know, was in Halloween. She's super famous, and she has actually nominated for an Oscar uh, for the Everything movie, whatever that one's called, which I haven't seen yet, so that's why I can't think of a name, but I want to see it. Anyway, Jamie Lee Curtis was posting some photos on Twitter or Instagram, one of those. And in the background, there was a photo of a child in a like tub, those giant tubs, um, that you store stuff in and it was there, the, there was water in it and the baby's naked not baby it was a, like a young young child naked but you couldn't really you couldn't see anything it was an artistic 
photo of a child in this water tub. And it was from like the top down. You could see like a bird's eye view of the child. And it was in the background of one of the things. And so she got attacked because of this. And she came out and said, hey, it's some, it was a gift. Somebody's a photographer and they took this. It's an artistic thing. It's in my house. And that's what I mean. Like, wh at what point is it? It's art, and or is it pornography? And and that did not look to me like pornography. Um, it was a person's artwork. But again, everybody has their different views on this. So if you disagree with me, I would on any of this definitely contact me uh, on social media and let's let's uh, debate about it. I would love a great debate about this. Not even a week later, I was back at the restaurant with the mayor of New York City and the chief of police. We finished our meal, and as I came out, I bumped into Frankie Skanks. He was coming in, he looked amazing, wearing clothes that were clean. He had two women on his arms. He was smiling, he had gold chains and gold rings. I said, Frankie, Frankie, how did you make this happen? Well, he said, the name is Francois now. I've come up in the world. Frankie, it has only been a week. How could you have come up in the world so quickly? Eh, you know, guess it's good luck. I'll see you later. Thanks for the dollar, Dr. J. I watched him walk in with the ladies and his Ferrari was taken by the valet. How could Frankie Skanks become Francois, the rich, womanizing fashionista I waited out in my car for a little bit until Frankie came out, and then I followed him. He drove to an old warehouse in Hell's Kitchen. I followed him into there, and when I entered, I was shocked at what I saw. A child was tied up on an altar and surrounded by hundreds of candles. A group of people stood around, all wearing black hoods and chanting, I took out my flash bomb and threw it at the center of the circle. An explosion. People scurried. I ran in, saved the child, and took Frankie with me. Come on, James. You know, we all want to be on top. Come on. Don't you want to be on the winning team for once? Frankie, what you did is reprehensible. You're going to jail for a long time. All right, so who is Ball? Ball is the name of this god from ancient Canaan and Phoenicia. So Canaanites worshiped Ball. This kind of got into the Jewish religion, and we're going to get into that. But Ball was not, again, you know, it's funny, every week I say this, but Baal was not a demon. Baal was a god and a very, very powerful god and was the son of El, who was a very powerful god, but he was even more powerful than his father, El. Another thing that Baal would do is he would have this battle with Mot, the god of death and the underworld. And it's funny to me because it's almost like the god's version of the Groundhog Day because if Baal fought Mot and won, there would be great crops and, and produce and all this stuff like the like the animals everything would go really well for the the community if ball beats mott but if ball doesn't beat mott then you're going to have a famine and all that stuff uh it would be a bad and i think it's like 6 or 7 years of time 
that you would get good crops or bad crops. But that's kind of like the groundhog coming up and seeing his shadow. And if he sees his shadow, there's so many more weeks of winter, which it's always the same. But um, it's funny, the uh, Groundhog Day. And I'm in Pennsylvania, and that's where the groundhog is. So I've never been to Punxsutawney, though. But that's the uh, good movie, good groundhog. And so let's move on. So the word ball, B-A-A-L, can be pronounced ball. It could be pronounced ba'al. It's B-A with that apostrophe, A-L. Ba'al. I kind of like that. Ba'al. Or ba'al is another way. Because there's a lot of ways to say this word. But the word means lord or master. So you would be the ball of your household, right? Um, and the plural of ball is ballim which is B-A-A-L-I-M. And Baal was a fertility god. And he would enable the earth to produce crops and people to produce children. So many different religions worshipped Baal, and they all did it in different ways. Uh, He was a very highly adaptable god. And actually, there's a lot of gods that had like the word Baal before the name. So you'd have Baal and then another word, and that was like the God or the Lord of whatever that was. So the word is not the same as the God. So there was a God ball, but there's also a use of the word ball in different religions and different cultures. According to Canaanite mythology, Baal was the son of El, the chief God, and Asherah, the goddess of the sea. And Baal, again, I said he was considered the most powerful of all gods, eclipsing El. um, And because El was kind of thought of as a little, a wuss. So that's why Baal was super cool. Baal defeated Yam, the god of the sea. It could be Yam. And as I said earlier, he defeated Mot, the god of death in the underworld. Baal's sister was also his lover, Ashtoreth, Ashtoreth. So they were incestuous, a common theme also in history. Baal is usually depicted as holding a lightning bolt because he was a sun god, he was a storm god, he was a fertility god. At times, appeasing Baal required human sacrifice and usually the firstborn of the one making the sacrifice. So we're going to pause for a moment because this is something we need to talk about in this episode. So as I said earlier, Saad was telling me all about, all about, how the connection to Balenciaga and Ball is because Ball, they were they sacrificed children to Ball, right? And we look at that with the modern eye and say, oh my God, that is so evil. And it, you know, it's awful. You shouldn't see the thing is, if you didn't believe in anything, if you're an atheist, you have no reason to sacrifice anything. Right? It's only when you believe in these things that you start to think, well, I will be loved more if and have better a better life if I sacrificing that is something that's super, super, super important. So let's remember we're talking about thousands of years ago. And human sacrifices were the norm at that time. So if you go to South America, the Incans, the Mayans, you can go to places uh, in the Near East, this was common. Why is it common? Well, it's because it's believed that whatever you're sacrificing, the thing that has the most value to you, 
that type of sacrifice is going to appease the gods the most, and therefore you will get better receipts from that. Understand? There is a book by, I might say the name wrong, Tzema Yura. That's T-Z-E-M-A-H, last name Y-O-R-E-H. And the book is called Why Abraham Murdered Isaac. And you're like, wait a minute, he didn't murder Isaac. If you know the story, basically God says, I want you to sacrifice your son Isaac to me. And Abraham's going along with it. And at the last minute, an angel comes and says, no, Abraham, don't kill Isaac with that accent. And he doesn't. And it shows the Lord that Abraham is super cool because he would do anything for the God, for God. Now, this Mr. Yora says that the first stories of the Bible, those early versions of that, actually shows that Abraham did go through with it because there's a later verse that says that Abraham came down the mountain alone. He has all this stuff that basically, now this is a controversial thing when it comes to uh, biblical scholars, uh, but I find it fascinating that the earliest texts are saying that Abraham went through with murdering Isaac, and you can read this book to learn more about that theory and see if you agree with it or not. But even if you say, well, wait a minute, I don't buy that. Abraham did not kill Isaac, and therefore the ancient Israelites are better than the Canaanites because they would worship Baal and kill children. I have a problem with that because if you look at the Bible, the God of Israel has in Deuteronomy 7, 2, says, and when the Lord your God gives them over to you and you defeat them, then you must devote them to complete destruction. You shall make no covenant with them and show no mercy to them. And then in Joshua 6, 21, then they devoted all in the city to destruction, both men and women, young and old, oxen, sheep, and donkeys with the edge of the sword. So the story of Jericho is that God tells his people to go into this town and destroy and kill everyone, including children, including women, everyone, and the animals. Everything would be destroyed. So at what point, what, are you saying that their religion is better because their God told them to go in and destroy? And if you are Jewish and you are, or Christian and you buy, even if you're Islam and you buy the Old Testament, you're going to have all these apologists explain why this was what it was. But let's, let's be frank. In the old days, there were conquering nations, and these conquering nations would go and kill and destroy, and sometimes they would loot these places or take these things, and this God is saying, I don't want you to take any of this stuff. So it wasn't weird that they would go and destroy a, a, a city and sack it. It was just that it was weird that they weren't going to take the women for wives and the men for slaves or the children for slaves. They were going to kill everyone. And a lot of times it would keep the uh, the animals. And this was weird probably that they're like, tell, what, you're going to make all these animals we could use for ourselves. Why are you telling us to kill them? There's a lot of this of this Old Testament God being doing things that are awful. But why are we saying that Baal is just as bad? And that's because we're growing up in a society, a world that takes the uh, Judeo-Christian 
religion and holds it up higher than everything else because everything else was demonized. And the truth is that in the Old Testament, that God was a jealous God. And literally, there is so many references to this God being jealous. Exodus 24, 6, Exodus 34, 14, Numbers, Deuteronomy, you know, it just goes on. Joshua, Psalms, it's just constant. Ezekiel, all these different verses where it's like, God says, and I will be jealous for my holy name, you know, for they provoked him to anger with their high places. They moved him to jealousy with their idols. They stirred him to jealousy with strange gods and with abominations. They provoked him to anger. If you thought of this as a relationship between a man and a woman, oh, it doesn't even matter if it's a man, a woman, 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 man, man. Basically, if you're talking about a relationship with two people and one of them is jealous and they go to anger because of their jealousy, that's a toxic relationship and you need to get out of it. So this God is just as evil if we're going to call Baal evil because people sacrifice, you know, sacrifice children, you know, and we're talking about that time. Obviously, if there's a... um religions now and they're sacrificing children and that's what Balenciaga is apparently doing they have some kind of secret cult running around sacrificing children so they can be rich and famous and get what they want but back then everybody was doing this stuff and I'm not saying condoning it because I'm just saying that's the way it was that was the norm to sacrifice humans as the greatest sacrifice at all it's the greatest sacrifice of all. I was trying to do the greatest love of all, but I can't think of the melody right now. So that, to me, is problematic. That the reason why we have ball on the real demons of pop culture is because another religion was not supposed to worship this other god. So they all knew each other. They were all neighbors. They're all hanging out. And, you know, they're like, oh, I'm going to go. You know, they would start worshiping Baal. And then in order to keep these people in line, they had to say, look, no, you have to worship Yahweh and not Baal. And we're going to make Baal evil. You're not allowed to do any of that. We're better than them. And they're all evil. And, and there's tons and tons of examples of this. Now, you might say, well, James, the Old Testament God, I agree with you. But when Jesus came, he was a loving hippie, which is BS, right? It's still, Christianity is still, if you look in Revelations, it's still saying that at the end of the world, when Jesus comes and he goes, he's going to bring the sword to anybody who worshiped a different God. And they're going to burn in hell for eternity because they were born into the wrong religion and they heard about Jesus and they thought, nah, he's not for me. Like, I'm burning in hell. Like, there's no way around it. So there's other gods that scholars now believe is Baal or Baal, Baal, right? So after doing lots of research, scholars propose that the cult of Hadad increased in importance. His true name came to be seen as too holy for any but the high priest to speak aloud and the alias Lord was used instead. So remember when I said that earlier, that Baal was a word that meant Lord? Well, what they're saying is that Hadad, H-A-D-A-D, Hadad was like so super cool and awesome that we couldn't even say his name anymore. And so they're like, yo, you can't do that. Let's just use the word Lord, and that'll help uh, us not get smited. 
because we used his name. Another god is like, you cannot use my name because I'm so important. There was also Marduk or Mar- Marduk, Marduk. I like Marduk because it sounds like Marmaduke. Uh, but he had it. They used his name, Bel, B-E-L, was used instead of Marduk among the Babylonians. And Adonal for Yahweh. Like the Israelites didn't say Yahweh. They didn't even, spe- well, I guess it was spelled like just with four letters, but they wouldn't say it. Um, so a lot of this is part of that culture where you can't say the guy's name. So you come up with other words. And so that's why there's a lot of confusion when people go and research Baal is because there's so many different gods that were using the word Baal and not using the word of the actual God because they wouldn't say it. Beelzebub is also from Baal. It's like Baalzebub and Beelzebub is Lord of the flies. It's Baalzebub, but they pronounce it Beelzebub. And you're kind of getting L in there, and that's probably because of his father, L. And the Phoenicians also uh, generally identified Baal as L or with L. So let's talk about Judaism, because Baal, Baal appears about 90 times in the Hebrew Bible in reference to various gods. That's Again, this is why it gets confusing, because it's not always just this one. So the priests of the Canaanite Baal are mentioned numerous times. And some believe that Jezebel's Baal was probably Baal Shemen, which is the Lord of the heavens. So sometimes you got to look at it where if the word is being used as Lord, then it's just kind of talking about a specific God named Lord something. If it's a name like Baal is the name of the God, that's usually the Canaanite God. But there's so much confusing because it ends up in... some proper names. Saul's son, Ishbaal, the Lord is great. David's son, Belida, the Lord knows. And then you have Beeliah. So it's B-E-A-L-I-A-H, but that's just a different way of saying Baal. And that is the Lord is Yah or Yah is Baal, right? So you're saying Yahweh is Lord. And so that's fascinating because people saying that Balenciaga, well, maybe they're talking about the Yahweh God and not Baal from Canaanite, right? You can, Here's the thing. When it comes to all this stuff with this conspiracy, the human mind is meant to find connections and put things together. Like when people see the face of Jesus in toast, that's just because we're looking at something and we're making connections and we're seeing these things. When you see a shadow and you think it's a ghost or something, it's because you're, just because of evolution, we have been programmed to look for faces and look for things that could harm us. And that's why a lot of this stuff, and we also look for connections in things like, Uh, The Balenciaga, we're like looking at this and saying, okay, because of this, this must mean this. And once you're already in the mindset that it has to be about devil worship, then you're going to put all the pieces together to fit that devil worship context. So let's also mention that Islam also warns against ball worship. Ball worship. I worship balls. So, you know, that's kind of, I mean, across all the... Judeo-Christian Islam beliefs. Anyone that believes in the Old Testament, they all kind of think Baal is the bad guy. And, you know, I don't. I don't see that uh, as he's a bad guy. 
except for in the stories you're listening to that Dr. J, Demon Hunter, has to go and do. But outside of that, I mean, really, he was a fertility god. And the worship, we know you shouldn't worship. I mean, we know we shouldn't sacrifice humans, children, any of that. It's wrong. We know that now. And they didn't know it. They were not that bright back then. They believed that if they worshiped their kid, they would get an extra serving of crops. So, you know, that's just how they were back then. And, um, yeah, kind of sucks for those kids. All right, let's talk about the magic number. The magic number is 42. All right, I hope you really enjoyed that episode. And the Philadelphia Eagles are going to the Super Bowl, so I'm super stoked about that. And I will be back in two weeks with another demon. In the meantime, find me on social media. Let's talk. Go to Facebook if you want to be in the group and check out the newsletter. All this stuff is in the show notes. So go to it and peace. Be sure to follow me on TikTok at James Ippolitti. I'll be back in two weeks with a brand new episode. The Real Demons of Pop Culture is a Gorilla Delphia production.